Welcome to the Feathered Desert, a podcast all about desert bird feeding in the southwestern region of the United States. All right, welcome everyone to the Feathered Desert. Uh, this week, Cheryl and I are continuing our Birding by Ear series. Today, we're going to discuss another five species how to identify them by sight, and more importantly, how to identify them by sound. This is an interactive episode, so make take a moment right now to grab your bird ID guide so you can pair a picture of the bird while we play their song. Pairing the image with the sound will help imprint the information into your memory. And Cheryl and I both believe this is an underappreciated but very important part of birding, so listen up. Okay, so I have the first one. It's the house finch, and I have several of them snacking outside my my window. Uh, We're going to start off with this common bird that many of you have seen and probably have heard, but may not have realized it. The house finch is a medium-sized, widespread finch that is a year-round resident of the Southwest. House finches have brown streaked backs wing backs wings and brown streaked and white underparts the males will have a reddish pink head throat and rump that's so cute during breeding season the males will be bright red females lack the red coloration but do have the brown streaking over their entire chest and back with a brown head the beak is small and gray and made for cracking open seeds and picking berries. The tail is longish and has a very slight notch. The coloration of the male house finch is influenced by diet. The more nutritious the diet, the redder the color of feathers. The color that uh, can be can vary from red to yellow based on the food available during molting. The red color is important for catching a female because a female wants a strong male to contribute his DNA to her young and to help her raise the chicks. If you are a bright red male, it means you are capable of finding and fighting for good quality food and are a healthy adult. Therefore, you are more attractive to the ladies. House finches are found all over the United States, southern Canada, and all of Mexico. I didn't know that. Yeah. They can be found in almost every type of habitat. That I didn't know. But in the West, they prefer chaparral, desert, orchards, and suburban areas, like our backyards. Originally, yep. they were a Western bird, but in 1940, a small population was transported to Long Island, New York, where they were released and flourished. House finches are common bird feeder visitors, so most likely you have seen them. Next time you see this pretty little bird, listen for this song. And you'll be able to recognize them by ear. How cute. Yes. They have a very yes. nice song. They do. They have a very nice song. It's lovely to listen to. All right, so next is the house sparrow. 
not to be confused with the house finch. That's actually kind of why I did it together. So the next medium-sized bird is also common all across the United States and is often seen in cities. You've probably seen the house sparrow at your local hardware store or grocery store hanging in the parking lot, searching for food scraps, and nesting in the signs above the doors. This urban bird is actually quite handsome. Both sexes have light gray underparts and chest. The males have a black throat and upper breast with black around the eye. They have a charcoal gray cap on the head with a chestnut brown nape on the back of the head. They have lighter gray cheeks and brown and black wings. The handsome black and brown head coloration will fade in the winter. So females are a bit darker gray on the chest and the underparts. Some may even look brown. Uh, they do have brown and black wings with a brown head. They have a thick cream-colored eye stripe that helps you differentiate between a female house sparrow and a female house finch. They are often confused. Yes. But that really thick um, cream-colored eye stripe will help you to recognize the female house sparrow. Uh, house sparrows do have thicker, heavier beaks than the house finch, and the male's beak will be black during breeding season and yellow in winter, and the females will have yellow beaks all year round. This sparrow is actually found all over the world. They're native to Europe, but were introduced to the rest of the world except Antarctica. No one wants to live on, on, on Antarctica. Not even a house sparrow. Not even a house sparrow. <laughs> Um, these birds are found in cities, towns, and agricultural areas. That is also another way to help you differentiate between the house finch and the house sparrow, especially the females. Look at your surroundings. So these guys are omnivores. They eat grain, fruits, and insects, but they especially like grains, and they'll eat both wild and domestic seeds. So their song and chatter are background noise to our lives that we are probably all taking for granted. But when you hear this, Take a moment to look around for this sparrow. So many people, especially in the U.S., see this bird as a pest because they were introduced to our continent and take resources from our native species. But we need to remember, though, we made that decision for these birds. And they have adapted to the environment that we brought them into. So next time you see this little bird, think about how they're seen in Japan, and maybe you'll see them in a slightly different light. Sparrows, including the house sparrow, are traditionally a symbol of loyalty because of their social nature and their ability to get along in large groups. And maybe we could learn a little something from those guys. Yes. yes. Um, what I thought was really cool about these guys here in the West is that they actually return to their birthplace after every migration, which I really found interesting. Since they visit the same place every year, they actually want to make sure that they blend in. And because of this characteristic, this coming back to your birthplace, which is called philopatric behavior, they have developed 14 distinct population colors in the West. Wow, so I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. So there are actually 14 individual house sparrow subspecies in the Western world. 
It kind of makes them a little cooler. Well, I like I like a good house sparrow. So, but yes, it does. It definitely makes them more interesting. Oh, I like this bird. Okay, so <laughs> I have the Phainopepala. I say that right? Yes, it, perfect. Is a and this the Phainopepala is a striking bird found only in the southwestern United States and Mexico. It is a medium-sized songbird with a slim body, head crest, and long tail and bright red eyes. The male is all black, while the female is a slate gray. When the male is in flight, large white wing patches can be seen on the top of the wings. Locally, people often refer to the Phenopepala as the black cardinal. Hmm, that's very true though. But it's not a cardinal, and it's not even in the same family as the cardinal. These amazing birds are found are found in washes and riparian areas with arid arid scrubs. They they eat insects that they catch on the wing and mistletoe berries. And most animals can cannot eat these berries because they are poisonous. But the phenopepala can eat. 1,100 berries a day when they are in season. Oh my gosh, that's a lot of berries. It is. <laughs> Speaking of mistletoe, this is a great way to look for the phenopepala because they nest in mistletoe bunches during breeding season. They take advantage of the berries being readily available and they also eat the spiders that live in the mistletoe as well. Didn't know spiders lived in the mistletoe. Yeah. Unlike, like, unlike most Songbirds, the Phenopepala breeds twice a year, and even more unusual, they do so in two different nesting sites. Huh. Their song is quiet, and you really need to listen closely to de detect these birds by ear. If you hear this, take a moment to look around and find this super cool bird. The Phenopepala does have its own song and calls, but when they are pursued by a predator or handled by humans, they may mimic the calls of other birds. Imitations of 13 different species have been recorded. We don't yet know why they do this, but it is interesting. Oh, how did you know I was gonna ask that question? I just, when we've been working together long enough, I can anticipate these things. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I was going to, you answered it before I even got it out there. Exactly. I don't know why they do it. I don't think we know why they do it. Only when they are um, pursued by a predator. Now, of course, if they're mimicking something like a hawk call or something like that, then that would make sense to me. Because mm -hmm. if I'm being pursued by a predator, um, I'm a smaller bird and then the I don't know, maybe a raven or something, or I don't know, even a, a kestrel is after me. And I make the imitation of a larger predator, like a red-tailed hawk or something, then everybody's going to be like, oh my God, we're going to stop and look around. And it's going to give me a chance to look away. But it didn't give me any information um, specifically on those different, the different um, imitations that have been recorded. So I'd have to look that up and see. But 
I don't know. If you're just making the sound like a cardinal or something, I don't I don't know how that would help yeah, you. That's not going to help you. No. But when, who knows? All right. On to our fourth bird. I have the Paraluxia. So first things first with this next bird. We're going to discuss the name. How do we say the name? It's difficult. If you've ever seen it written out, it is spelled P-Y-R-R-H-U-L. O-X-I-A. So you're looking at that and you're thinking, eh? And this actually, <laughs> that's exactly what I say. I get that moment and I'm like, I don't know. Um, it's actually on the National Audubon Society's list of 17 tricky names of North American birds. So I'm going to officially tell you how it's pronounced. It is pronounced Pyroluxia. So you do actually pronounce the X. I have heard some people pronounce it Perulia. Um, so, like, you would go over all the, the X and stuff and leave it out. But apparently, you do pronounce the X. So, Pyroluxia. I think that sounds very fancy. Yeah, I like that. I like that pronunciation. Yes. So, the Pyroluxia is a medium-sized songbird that is often mistaken for a cardinal that is having a bad molting year. But they are separate birds. Unlike the Phanopepala that we just discussed the Paraluxia is related to cardinals, but they are separate species. So the Paraluxia is predominantly gray with red splashes on the crest, around the eyes and the beak, down the chest, on the edge of the wings, and on the outer edges of the tail. It looks very fancy. It looks like somebody like splattered them with red paint. So the females are gray and they have the red, but they have less red. So they're not going to have the red down the chest and there's just going to be a tiny, tiny bit of it on the crest and you'll see a little on the wings and tail, but much less. So what really sets them apart from cardinals is their beak. The beak is bright yellow and it's very deep at the base, much deeper than the cardinals. And the paraluxia has a downward curve. It kind of makes them look like they're grumpy all the time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The Paraluxia is found only in the Southwest, including Southern Arizona, New Mexico, Western Texas, and Mexico. It can sometimes stray north of these areas, but they prefer habitat with thorny thickets and desert brush near stream beds. Their diet consists of flower spikes, fruit, berries, seeds, and insects. Their calls and songs are usually quite distinctive and can carry a nice distance. So you want to listen for this. when you're in their favorite habitat, and hopefully you'll catch a glimpse of this amazing songbird. Now, sometimes this bird is called the desert cardinal, but we're sticking with Pyroluxia because we don't want the confusion that this local name can cause because this is not a cardinal. And plus, Pyroluxia makes you sound super smart to other birders. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and personally, I need all the help I can get. Yeah. <laughs> So spotted tohi is our last bird for this episode. And the spotted tohi is a large sparrow that is predominantly black, white, and reddish brown. Males and females are very similar with the female being slightly duller. 
a duller black. The spotted towhee's head, back, throat, wings, and tail are black with white spots on the wings and back. The sides are reddish brown and the underbelly is white and the tail is long. Both the male and female's eyes are red. It's a very smart looking bird. The spotted towhee is found throughout the western portion of the United States, Canada, and Mexico. They do migrate, spending, spending the winters in Texas and the spring and summer in the north. A large population from New Mexico to California and Oregon are year-round residents, and they like forest edges, edges, thickets, gardens, and shrubby park areas. The calls of the spotted towhee can be variable, and recognizing their calls and songs can take some practice. But if you hear this, Take a moment to look around for this beautiful bird. You'll want to check out the ground under the bushes because they are often seen scratching up insects and seeds on the ground. They have a double scratch pattern that helps them unearth insects and have been known to munch on a lizard or two. Ooh, I didn't know that. Yeah. If you come clo too close to a nest during nesting season, you may see the female running away. She does this to attract predators away from the nest to protect her young. So she makes herself vulnerable to being caught by running until she feels the predators far enough away from the nest and will then take flight to save herself. Ah, oh, she's a heroine. She is. Well, that's all for this episode of Birding by Ear in the Southwest. Pairing sound and images together is the next step to becoming an expert birder. Not to mention, it help keeps your brain healthy. Yes. So use your eyes. Yes, healthy brains are good. So use your eyes and your ears next time you're out and about. So song is provided by Macaulay Library at the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. House Finch, recorded by Ryan O'Donnell. House Sparrow, recorded by Pat Goltz. Thena Pepla, recorded by Paul Suchanek. Perluxia, recorded by James McNamara, and Spotted Tohe, recorded by Paul Marvin.